and welcome to episode 182 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I will be your host, but just for tonight, because Pete was very busy this past weekend for very good reasons with some family matters and whatnot. However, I will say, Pete, you are looking very sharp this evening with that new computer. Anyway, I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Just for tonight's uh, Tuesday night show, Pete will be the host. And of course, he's with us anyway uh, going forward. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. And after you do that, smash that notification bell, which will tell you when new content will rise in the show. And also smash that thumbs up button. We'd really appreciate your support. Of course, you can see on both of our name tags, we have our Twitter handles there. Mine is at hkravitz. Pete is at pvisco28. And then, of course, the email just passed me by. Up oh, there it was on the bottom of the screen. H. Kravitz Horse. I should I should have made Pete say what it was for his little <laughs> file from last week. H. Kravitz Horse. Still can't remember it. <laughs> That's not right. H. Kravitz Horse at gmail.com. You can also see on the bottom of the screen, very excited. You can see it right there at the bottom. This Thursday, Jason Blewett. I'm a big fan. I've met him several times, Pete. Has done a great job first with Naira. Then he went down to Gulfstream for their simulcast. And now he works for West Point Thoroughbreds. And I've heard they've a share of a pretty good horse that's going to be in the Breeders' Cup. We'll talk about that horse uh, called Flightline. And he's going to help us also handicap the fantastic late pick five big Breeders' Cup prep races this weekend at better known as Royal Aqueduct, but we'll just call it Belmont at Aqueduct uh, this weekend. Pete, as I talk about a few other things, why don't you uh, say hello and I'll just... Well, I actually won't say anything. I'll just bring up some banners at the bottom of the screen. Hey, what's up, everybody? Sorry, uh, Howard has to host in my place this week, but it was my son Jackson's birthday on Saturday, and he's popped up on the show a time or two, and he turned 11 on Saturday. So a quick shout-out to Jackson and his 11th birthday. The weird part was we were actually in a hotel basically right next to the Meadowlands, and I didn't get to go for the first time up in Jersey wow. in years. I haven't gone to the Meadowlands when I was there, but I could see the track. So it was, it was tantalizing enough. And there was a, you'll appreciate this, Howard. We were staying in the hotel right next to MetLife Stadium. And on Monday when we were leaving, Lawrence Taylor was there. Giant oh, great, wow. who was uh, hanging out in yeah. the lobby, taking pictures with people and stuff. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that, that very cool. Yeah. Um, he was he was not the best linebacker of all time. I'm a little biased to uh, several Bears linebackers. Sure. We can't do quarterbacks, but as Kyle Rouska knows, we can do linebackers. Yeah. Um, anyway, you can listen to us, of course. The Power Picks. Um, hopefully you guys like the new logo, the new presentation. We also had Pete and Paul's ABCs, and we have to congratulate our, our good friend Paul Halloran when we bring him on, uh, uh, Pete, for his excellent pick five score. We'll let him that talk about that in a little bit. We also have a fantastic website that everyone knows about and many other things. Check below the video player for all of our promos. Let's go ahead and bring on my uh, our, our fantastic other co-host. And we have to and we have to come up with a name other than 100% or Prince of, you know, Arlington or, you know, contributor. We'll, we'll have to think of something. Let's bring him on right now. Paul Halloran from the Saratoga Special and Kyle Roscoe. Guys, the gang's all here. How are we doing tonight? Excellent. What's Doing about as good as I can be. Wonderful. Paul, give a little shout-out for your pick five score on Saturday. Well, thank you, Howard. Uh, after a uh, very long and frustrating Saratoga meet, uh, I was about to have the I went four for five again T-shirts made. 
since I did it approximately 20 times at Saratoga. So, uh, yeah, it was a, a nice little hit. And, uh, you know, I, as I said before we came on the air, I, people get aggravated when other people talk about their wins. But I would just say this. We talk a lot about ticket structure, which I'm not good at. Uh, but uh, the ABC method, I just, you know, that, that society seemed to be the universal knockout horse that I just threw in as a C and in a million years would not have used on a caveman ticket. And, you know, it was just lucky enough that I was able to get four A's in the other legs and one of them being Scaramouche, who was a, uh, who was a pretty good number. So, you know, uh, score one for the ABCs. Absolutely. Yeah. Congratulations. That's a really nice, what was it? 1200 even more than I thought. I think. Uh, yeah, it was kind of, kind of funny. It was, a, it was the element of surprise, Howard. None mm-hmm. of us could find the will pays. Uh, you were looking, I was there, I was on track and I, I couldn't <laughs> get them. So uh, I was actually hoping for a thousand, but yeah, it was 1269. Yeah. Uh, Lon, as I said, Lon, thanks for joining the show. Penn state, Scott. Um, if you mean, are all of us going to be there? I will be the Breeders' Cup. Uh, Kyle Roscoe, I, is that a yes, Kyle? Is that you want to publicly mm-hmm. say yes? Yeah, I will be there. Wow. Okay, that's that's actually breaking news to me that it's a confirmation. <laughs> Kyle will be there. Pete, I don't think you'll be there. Paul, you are hedging, maybe? Probably not. It's likely not, but I would never rule it out. Okay. So, um, uh, uh, Scott, if you're going to be there, that's cool. Then you can meet up with Kyle and myself for sure. We'd love to meet you. Uh, Matthew Chimura, by the way, still wants that shirt, Paul. I'm not sure a good idea. if he's referring to something that you <laughs> just mentioned. But anyway, all right, guys, we got we got a bunch of things to talk about. And then we also, uh, let, let's not bury the lead, Bree Mott from Stable Duel. If you're not familiar with Stable Duel, it's a really fun sort of fantasy <clears> horse <throat> racing game that I play a decent amount uh, that I enjoy very much. Uh, Bree Mott will be coming on the show to talk about that and many other things. She's an excellent follow on Twitter also. She'll be here in about 25 minutes or so. Guys, let's uh, jump right to it. We want a quick recap of the race from this weekend. It'll be a little quicker. There's a lot of news, a lot of things that I have in the hopper. I've got like 10 different things written down that I'd like to get to. So we're not going to talk very long about uh, the two races at Parks. We obviously need to mention them. Let me go ahead and bring up right now, of course, the PPs from... First, the Pennsylvania Derby, of course, won by Taba. Uh, Paul, as Mr. Pick Five, I'm gonna let's go ahead and show the race, guys. Let me take the banner off here. I'm gonna show the race, and we'll just go ahead and voice over it. Anything you guys want to mention, we can just sort of rotate through the race. Paul, I'll let you go first. Uh, Taba was actually bet down pretty much to even money. Surprising, Taba's the eight. Why don't you go ahead and take it uh, from the break here? as Taba ends up winning over Zandon in the Pennsylvania Derby. Yeah, she actually, he actually drifted up a little, Howard. When I was talking oh, to seven you to five, Nevada, actually, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, he drifted up a little, but he did go seven to five. And, you know, you could see uh, Mike Smith gets him into position. And right here, it looks like he's going to just go right to the lead. But Smith wisely doesn't get into a peeing contest with White Abario, who uh, now – Oddly enough, simplification is the nine there. And the word is that Antonio Sano was very upset with Paco Lopez, who was instructed to go to the lead. Really? And as you saw, as you saw that develop, he absolutely could have had the lead if he wanted to, because he was inside. Everyone was inside of White Barrio. So uh, Sano, the word is, was not happy with the ride. 
And, you, and Paul would know, folks, if you weren't with us on Saturday. And by the way, thanks to everyone that was with us. We had a huge audience Saturday. I'm sure you guys saw the numbers. Uh, Paul, you were there Saturday for people that don't know us. So you, had, you had inside info there. Uh, from Simon Yeah, I just showed it actually. I don't know if it was after the race or it may, it may have even been the next day, but that, that was okay. part of the follow-up. But as you can see, you know, right now there's really no change. And, you know, S Smith is inside here, and that really wasn't necessarily the place to be. But you'll see on the turn he's going to, uh, you know, right when our horse, We the People, drops out of it, Howard, he opens the door for Smith yeah. to tip wide, and, and right here it's over. And Pete, here's Zanon on the inside, making another good quality run. I thought Cyberknife right here flattened out, Pete. And, and Babe Perch did what I thought he would do. I know a lot of people liked him, though, Saturday. Yeah, I, I still think – I get the feeling that they still don't know how to how to ride or, or how to run or where to place Cyberknife sometimes because he goes from being on the front. This one, I thought he was a little too far back. I don't, it wouldn't have made a difference, but I think with that, with that horse, I think they just feel like they're, they're, still, they're still trying to figure out what his best race is and his best position in a race. But, yeah, Zandon, Zandon was impressive. He just, as usual, he can't seem to beat these fields, and he always seems to lose to the better horse. But he runs his race, and you see right there on the screen, I mean, 100, then 105, 103 buyers. So he's consistently in that 100, now moving up towards that mid-105 range. So, I mean, he's a player. I mean, I don't think he's a classic winner threat at, by any stretch, but I think he's someone who could easily hit the board for sure. I think he's done, Pete. I, I think oh, is he done? done? The, oh, uh, is he? Yeah, he's not going I, to the classic? I think I, I heard somewhere where Chad said that uh, – they're going to gear toward a four-year-old campaign. Oh, he has okay. not missed many dances, that horse. No, not, He's, at all. Uh, not at all. He Makes has sense. six starts this year, which these days is a lot. And, and six starts in nine months is a lot these days. Plus, that maybe, come out today? maybe you don't want to oh, go face those monsters. Sorry, Howard. I heard about it on Sunday, Howard. I'd love to give proper attribution to where I, I heard, heard he might go it. to the dirt mile, if, any, if anywhere. Um, that's what I heard. Cyberknife, I haven't heard any information on. Well, let, let's go to Kyle. And it's Kyle, if you, of course, Chad knows Xander much better. Uh, classic, Dirt Mile, rest him up. He, he's done enough this year. What do you do with Cyberknife? What do you do with these uh, horses that finish behind Taba, Kyle, in your opinion? Well, yeah, I can definitely see both arguments with in regards to Zandon. I mean, you and I have both uh, touted that he, I we think that he'd be better on a kind of turn back. And being Keeneland, being the two the two turn dirt mile this year, I think even suits that horse a little more. Um, but again, like you, Paul said, he's ran six races in nine months. He's you know coming the money pretty much every single one of them, if I'm thinking correctly. He's cashed his tickets. He's done really well. I mean, I could definitely see the prospect of shoveling him up and gearing up for a four uh four-year-old campaign in regards to Cyberknife, i mean i was actually really surprised in that um in that race that they didn't really give him that much respect he actually floated up past zandon i think he went off at nine to two four to one somewhere around there and it was actually i think zandon went off at three to one so that yeah. was a little bit interesting to me but again as pete touched on I, I don't really understand. I mean, I'm obviously Brad Cox is one of the best trainers in the, in the nation right now. And he knows the horse way better than us, but I agree with Pete that it's kind of weird that they don't really know what he likes to do the best, whether he, they like to really use his tactical speed. Cause he's shown that he does have it, even though in the, uh, in the, uh, at Saratoga, he didn't, there was no speed in that race, but he still has some tactical speed. 
that he has shown that he can use. But I just but want, like, sorry, go ahead. No, I just wanted to mention uh, Andy Bukowski. We got a lot of guys. I'm so I can't tell you how pleased we all are of so many new viewers we've gotten recently, whether it be from the live show or others. We love seeing names of people we've not seen uh, before in the chat. So, Andy, welcome uh, to the show. Matthew Schmur is saying Cigar Mile. I don't know if he's saying that's where they're going to go or that's where he thinks they should go. Uh, I'd be fine with that spot too, uh, Paul, right? That, that'd be fine. Uh, Paul, we well, lost Paul, your sound. You're on mute, Paul. Are you, are you, I think you muted, Paul. I, I think that's the most likely scenario. Okay. One oh, turn said, Cigar Mile. That's where he, that's where he would go. Uh, we'll, we'll no, see. but that's been that. That's probably is a better possibility than him running in the Breeders' Cup. Um, Pete, let's let's finish the conversation with Tava. I don't know if you guys saw. I put out a poll on Twitter, and let's see what people thought. There were uh, many people contributed to my uh, the Twitter poll, so I appreciate that. Let me ask you guys. Without even looking, um, the question, if you didn't see it, I said, "Where will Tava finish the Breeders' Cup Classic?" And the choices are top three or out of the money. Pete, without even before I showed up, what would be your guess of what? people the, the the public thought on twitter what percent in the money one percent out of the money would you say what not I'd your prob- opinion what people say yeah i'd probably say about 65 percent in the money Ooh, not bad pretty darn close not bad so the general thought is now again i sent this out you know everyone loves the recency angle right pete i mean i sent this yeah. out literally like two hours after the show on saturday the majority of the people think table finish in the money. If you think table is going to finish in the money, I don't mean you, I mean the public. Yeah. That means um, he's probably beating epicenter. Unless you think epicenter is third, he's going to beat most of the older horses. People are very high on table right now. He did get a one Oh eight Pete. I mean, I, I don't mean, know if he can win the race, but he's sort of trending in the right direction. That's for sure. I mean, I think he's, I'm looking at the, I have odds checker up just so we can reference it if we need to, sure. if we need to. And yeah. I mean, flight line obviously is by far in his own class. Then you have probably life is good and epicenter, maybe together. I don't know. It depends how you yeah. feel about those two. Then after yeah. that, it's wide open. So if one of those, we've seen life is good fade a bit. I mean, epicenter would be, you know, going against the pretty tough field. Who knows? I mean, I wouldn't. It wouldn't put it past me to see Taba in second relatively easily. I mean, right now they have him at. This is weird. They have him as the sixth or the, like the co fifth choice with Art Collector, which he's much better than Art Collector at twelve to one, yeah. which would be nice. I'd take him in a flight line Taba exacta if he was twelve to one. I would love that. I think Art Collector will go to the dirt mile anyway. Yeah. Anyway, guys, we could we could talk about this for a while, but. Um... A very impressive effort by Taba, winning at 7-5. to five. Kyle, I'm going to have you start with the next race here. We'll bring it up right here. Of course, this is the one that knocked you, me, Pete. Not Paul, because Paul's smarter <laughs> than the average bear, of course. Um, knocked out a lot of people. I know the pick five. You can see that Society, this is, of course, the Cotillion, uh, paired up those 100s. She's very uh, well-bred. She's by Gunrudder. Um, out of a tap at mare, so you think distance is not an issue? You see, Maureen Macha was a big surprise second there for Paco, who had one hell of a day. We'll just let this roll through. Um, shout out to Jessica Paquette, Kyle, also, who touted society when Paul brought her on, and uh, she certainly ran to her looks. Yeah, and on a whim, too. She just, all of a sudden, Paul puts her on, and she just gives the winner. Man, yeah. that's must be nice. Hey, to be Kyle, active. I don't, I don't bring just anyone on. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But I mean, she just outbreaks the entire field here, and um, that's and that's what if you're her connections, that's exactly what you want her to do in a spot like this, because that's the one way that she's going to be able to 
get away from this field as she actually does going into the far turn. But Adair Manor tracking in second. A lot of people were high on her as me and Howard were. She was working really well up into the race. And she was awful. I mean, yeah, awful. Just, there's no way to put that. I mean, just absolutely stinky. awful. Stinky. <laughs> Absolute stinker. But uh, Green Up is in third. I mean, he's un- he, we got the trip he thought he would, Howard. I mean, she, he's all by she, himself. She, 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 I did it. She, I did it. Hold on a second. Pete, Drink, you and I have to talk yep. after the show All because right, these two right. yahoos Fine. down here keep effing that up. Can we, we please have, have respect Fine. for the sexes of the horse? They're going anyway. to the get us canceled, Howard. The race is going on. My bad. Go ahead, Kyle. No, you want Kyle? You're out. Paul, green up. Green up made a move. Yeah, but you know what, Howard? And I was with you, but at nine to five, there may be. Horses who have been more overbet in history, but none come oh. to mind. Well, she was three I mean, to one going to the post, Paul. It was crazy. I understand. And and even then, that was probably what we expected. We knew she wasn't gonna go six to one. Yeah. But that three to nine to five on this horse was patently absurd. And and you know, when I it's agree. easy after the race, but you know, a masterful ride by Giroux, as we talked about uh on the show Saturday. This is a classic example of a jockey just grabbing a race by the throat and saying, okay, I'm going and we'll see what the rest of you folks do. And green up who's over bet doesn't fire a dairy manor doesn't fire and secret oath. I think we expected, you know, she still ran okay, but she's clearly not in peak form talking about a horse who's run. That was her eighth start. So don't, and don't tell Pete, that to the coach because the coach is just going right to the distaff exactly where she wants uh, that's, to be. That's, you know what they call that? A takeout reducer. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, Pete and I, our yeah. girl Shahama, note I said girl, you know, just was ridden in a way that you, you just couldn't come from that far back. She, she ran big in the stretch, but you just couldn't come from that far back. She's another one, Paul. She's another one, Paul, that I don't, I don't feel like they figured her out yet because sometimes that, you know, the one couple of races, she's way in the back, the one she sat up close and lost, but they need to do something with her because she does have that nice late kick. I just can't figure out, can't figure out where, where it's going to come in best and, and get us a price one of these days. I want to yeah, get one of these days, to, Pete. Hopefully, we'll days. be on her. <laughs> yeah. Quick shout out to Matt Bernier, who on his show thought that Secret Oath would be interesting in the Philly Merce sprint because of her middle moves. I, 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 I think Matt's fantastic, and I respect his opinion. I think Secret Oath needs a break. That's what I think. I think she should not run the rest of the year. And I think let's talk about society. Now we talked about this. I also sent out another uh, poll on Twitter, which I'm going to bring up here. Um, Pete, I'll ask you first, if you own society, and again, <laughs> Steve knows this horse better than we do, where do you go? Do you rest her up? Do you go to the distaff? Do you go to the Philly Mare Sprint? Do you pick an easier spot? Your thoughts on society, who is an up-and-comer. I love the stride. She's got big upside, uh, but the distaff this year is absolutely loaded. It is loaded, but I, I figure you take a shot. Why not? You got a horse that's in peak form. I mean, there's there's other speed. Actually, I'm again. I go like to reference back to the odds. Right now, they have her as the third choice, which is pretty surprising. Wow. Seven to one behind Nest and Malathot, and then you know way above search results, Latruska, Clarier at fourteen. So it, yeah, it's a great field, but you got to take the shot. Look at the form she's in. I mean, she back to back hundred yeah. buyers. And just bottom in this field out. And if Latruska, like if, the only thing is, you know, Latruska is going to go. If she dares yeah. the devil go, she has speed. 
Um, his search results is always right there. So it, there's going to be other speed here, not like this one where she got a pretty comfortable lead. Pete, where's yeah, Echo Zulu on that list? <laughs> Echo Zulu's in the in the in the sprint one. That this is the the, the distance. Uh, Echo we'll Zulu's talk a about, sprint. Yeah, we'll Echo talk Zulu's about her though. Philly Merce sprint probably, Paul. Um, Kyle, your thoughts on this poll? This was another poll question. Um, pretty close, but a lot of people think why not take a shot uh, to the distaff. I personally think the sprint would be a much better spot, uh, ch better chance to win. But I understand the temptation to go to the uh, distaff with society. Well, yeah, and that's exactly what we talked about on Saturday was um, where we think that she has a lot of – she broke her maiden at Keeneland, sprinting six and a half at Churchill at she six did. and a half. Granted, in the slop, but she won that race as well. Seven, granted, seven furlongs at Charlestown's like – you know, around the track, it's a mile and 16th everywhere else. Seven but, turns. It's seven yeah, turns. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, she won that type of sprint too. Granted, again, it's two turns to Charlestown, but still, she has sprint form where she wants to challenge Echo Zulu. She definitely, I think she can definitely challenge her at least for the lead, but it's going to be the temptation is going to be what's, you know, it's going to be that type of thing. You wonder, you wonder too, Kyle, if, if they decide they're going to bring her back next year. Maybe you take the shot, the distaff this year, and then if it doesn't work out, then you focus on the sprint and sort of run that, you know, yep. run that course I, next year. Maybe I don't know. Charles B. Charles, I just want to mention there is a horse named Latruska who is pretty fast. I don't know about you know, uh, you know, won't catch her. That would absolutely change the pace complexion. I'd like to see her in the race just for that alone. Although I think with um, search results in there also, I think there would be a decent pace. And I just read today that, by the way, Nest is going to go to the Bell Dame. They were thinking about yeah. resting Nest to the, go to the Breeders' Cup uh, and wait. But actually, Nest is going to the Bell Dame. And I actually like that a lot. I did not like when Fletcher yeah. rested Malthot up like seven weeks last year. I frankly, I love Epicenter, guys. I don't like this that Epicenter is not going to run until the Breeders' Cup. I just, I don't like these seven, eight-week breaks, Paul, going to the Breeders' Cup. I'd much rather them run four or five weeks. So uh, you don't really have to comment on that, Paul, but I know that, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a big decision for these trainers. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think it, it's proven that, you know, these races have a lot of history behind them and, and that's proven not to be necessarily a terrible idea. As far as society, if, if Asperson is going to go the Philly and Mayor sprint route with Echo Zulu, it makes a lot of sense that he would go the distaff with society because why does he want to have two speed horses mm -hmm. in the same yeah. race, even if it is a sprint? So I, I think society is more dangerous in the distaff. Now, I'm not saying she's going to win, but that commenter was a Charles. That at least is a possibility. It may not be a probability. I'll tell you one thing. It hurts Latruska if she goes to the mm -hmm. distaff. Oh, because, well, I don't like And, and I think Latruska's over the top anyway. Yeah, you know, Based against, on the race but... I saw at Saratoga. Uh, I'm totally against Latruska. Might help or hurt, I, it, it can't hurt Clarier, which would be the other Steve, right? So you have a speed and a closer. I don't yeah. know. It'll be interesting to see, guys. Before Nest we is, bring... let's face it, Nest is going to be very difficult to beat in that in the distance. Very, I, I think she's gonna be very. To me, but I, I wouldn't touch her like eight to five or some nonsense. You don't have to touch her, Howard. It'll be inappropriate. She's a female. <laughs> wow. She, uh, she is going to be now. very, very difficult, especially if society goes. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not lining up to better flat either. How would I hear you? But you know, the way she's running, and I agree with you. The Bell Dam has historically 
a uh, a good prep for the distaff. Yeah. But Dylan brings up, you know, don't forget Malathat, who you know just had that off race and ran huge. Yeah. Uh, at Saratoga last time. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, by the way, there's Dewey, uh, Dewey fan. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. Thanks for joining the show. Guys, very quickly, we're going to spend about five minutes. I want to – well, we're going to do a few things very quickly. Uh, let's talk about the Philly and Mare sprint very briefly for the, for, uh, for the Breeders' Cup. Uh, Kamari, I'm not going to show the replay, won very nicely at Belmont. Small field, but did it – I like the perfect prep, in my opinion. Um, also, Echo Zulu won at Churchill against a, a bad field. I liked – uh, the four who didn't break well, but anyway, that's all their story guys. Let me bring up. This is from uh, Another website. I'm gonna make this a little bigger. These are the current. It's just this is just one site the Philly Mare sprint odds I just want to bring this up because I couldn't be more uh, echo Zulu is in here at six to one third choice guys I'm completely against echo Zulu right now in the Breeders Cup Philly Mare sprint I don't think she's come back to form. She got a very easy lead this is a pretty tough race. Uh, looking at this field, general thoughts, Pete, on Echo Zulu, on Kamari, who both won, and then where society would fit with this field that you see on the screen. Oh, I think I think society would fit right at the top if she decided to come here. I- I'm not I'm not against Echo Zulu the same way you are. I think I, okay. I think maybe that could be a stepping stone to a bigger race. I think she actually reminds me a little bit of Jack Christopher in a sense where. She had that one that that sort of muddies up the form where she tried to go long and, and it was maybe a little bit out of her depth, the same way Jack Christopher did in the Haskell. And then now she's back to doing what she does. And I thought she was super impressive. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't a great field, but, you know, you race against you race against who's out there. I didn't love yeah. the Kamari race that much. I thought it was sort of workmanlike, but it was fine. I just think it's not the greatest field like the Philly Amer no. Sprint's not shaping up either to be the greatest field. They all have questions. So I think that could be a fun race. It's a fun race, but but, no, no, it's a good field, but there's no, like, there's not one horse in there that that's dominant. Like we've had another year. There's no like superstar uh, in that division. Don't sleep on Mataraya folks who had a tough trip in the slop from the Yeah, that was just a weird one, right, Paul? Saratoga. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Don't sleep on Mataraya. And my PA bred just one time. You know, I'm going to be partial to the PA breads and New York breads. Okay. Six to one on those odds you put up on. So she's a good horse. I don't know. Let's, if get, let's get some. Good, but... Let's get some speed so obligatory can run him down at oh, right well, now was sitting at fourteen to, to one. You know he was going to get to that. That's why he's bad mouthing Echo Zulu so he can make a case <laughs> for his adopted daughter obligatory. Hey, only one of us had her on top on the show last time she or last time she won, and that was me and not Howard. So I'm just going to. Oh, you know, he, oh. He, he betrayed his. That's why she that filed sense. for parental separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. She's done with him. <laughs> No comment. Um, <laughs> two other thoughts, guys, is before bringing our wonderful uh, guest tonight. There are so many big races this weekend, and we don't have time to talk about it. Ooh. Thursday, we're only going to be discussing Acrox. But for everyone knows who's going to be listening and watching, we are doing a San Nita show. It's going to be a taped show. Pete, Paul, and I are going to do a San Nita show, but it will not be live. It will be taped. Guys, really quick, and it might be hard to see. These are some of the contenders for the Arc. The Ooh. Arc to Triumph is Sunday. It's the best race in the world. At least that's the way they tout it. It's hard to argue with its history. I know some of these horses, some of you have not heard of, but I've heard of almost all these horses. It's possible. Some of these horses will point to the breeders cup uh, turf. Of course, Luxembourg just won. There's my uh, son, Mishriff, who was tailing off a little bit. I don't like him in the race. There's Torquedor Tasso who ran last year 
I one, believe in the Breeders' one Cup last year. One, and won the one sorry, won the race year. last year. Excuse me, that my bad. Won the race. You've got um, Alcanor is in there. Broom, you see at the bottom of the screen. I just wanted to show that. We don't need to comment on it. But I just wanted to show that to the arc. And then, and I don't have time to go through the 17 races. I'm just going to scroll through this, guys, in one minute. And I'll let any of you guys comment on anything. But allow me to talk for 30 seconds, guys. The Woodward looks like it's a small field this weekend. Life is good. It's going to be one to nine. It's got no competition. This is all, by the way, from um, Horse Racing Nation. So thanks to them. The Champagne, guys, looks like a real nice race in New York with Forte, Gulfport, Blazing Sevens, uh, Good Magic Colt, uh, Verifying, who won a nice maiden. That's going to be a very nice two-year-old race. You got a, a turf race, two-year-old turf race, of course, this weekend. These are all winning your ends. I'm, I sort of feel like the Clements wish they went here instead of uh, on the hill in Kentucky. But you've got a voodoo zip and a bunch of thin white duke and a bunch of horses sprinting on the turf. You've got the Lucas Classic with Hot, Hot Rod Charlie, Happy Saver. There's Rich Strike, Paul. Rich Strike, Your buddy, baby. Rich Strike. Rich Strike. You know what I read the other day, Howard, since he got back to Churchill? He's training very well. <laughs> I'm sure he's training fantastically. <laughs> you have the, the a prep for the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile with Speaker's Corner, Three Technique, and some others. That's at Churchill. Then you have the San Nita Awesome again, which is basically the uh, poor boy's version of the Pacific Classic. Everyone except Flightline, basically. I'm assuming the, all these horses are going to go. Um, you, you've got a, a turf race, which I don't think these horses have a chance in the turf. But there's Gold Phoenix coming back, guys, this weekend at San Anita. Anyway, there's uh, the mile race. There's Hong Kong Harry, Master of Foxhounds. Anyway, guys, I could go through this forever. Oh, this is an interesting race. The Sandita Sprint, guys. How about Forbidden mm -hmm. Kingdom coming back yeah. from Richard Mandela, who was a very sharp horse uh, early. There's American Theorem, I think a horse that Paul liked a lot, who won for him at a price. Anyway, it's it's a load. You got the Eddie D with Lieutenant. Actually, Lieutenant Dan, I think, is out of that race. But there's Gregorian Chant, one of Paul's favorites also, riding this weekend. Guys, the bottom line is it's just it's a, it's a huge weekend of Breeders' Cup preps. It's going to be a lot of fun. Real quick wraparound, and then we'll bring on Bree Mott. We'll go with Paul, Pete, Kyle. Just first impressions on anything you guys saw, Paul. You mentioned everyone except the winner in the champagne, Andiamo La Firenze, the New York bread. You so know, he's, they, always, he's always against the Italians, Paul. You know that. You know, that's he's right, Pete. He's always I'm against you, the Italians. Pete, Pete you're my paisan, Pete. He always he always leaves us out. I'm gonna have this be a dead animal on my front door tomorrow. I love I love the Italians. What are you talking about? Uh, Pete, quick thoughts. Oh, it's just great because there's a lot of you know, it's one of the last big, 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 big days leading into the Breeders' Cup. So we always yeah. love those, gets us excited, gets us sort of a springboard in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Kyle, last thought. No, hundred percent agree with everybody here. I agree with Adiyama Forense. I think that think that horse is a real shot into that race, and I'm really excited to see how Forbidden Kingdom runs uh, coming back, shortening up. And the big half a million dollar uh, carryover in Canada mm -hmm. tomorrow. I got to yep, take that's a look right. at that. Um, the last thing I'll say, and we'll bring on Bree Mott, guys. This is really for the listeners and viewers at home. What I'm about to say is nothing genius. If you're going to bet the Breeders' Cup, uh, which who doesn't, you have to do your homework. And you can't do your homework two days before the Breeders' Cup. There's too many horses you have to watch these races. I personally take trip notes on all these prep races starting this weekend for the next few weeks on my DRF formulator. So I have them. I'll probably watch replays anyway. 
Do your homework, folks. Watch these races carefully so when the entries come out on Breeders' Cup week, you already have most of your handicapping done. It's way too hard of a weekend to just start handicapping then. So I just want to throw that out to really do your homework and start watching at that time. All right, guys. Speaking of uh, watching and doing your homework, this next guest I'm really excited to have on. I first uh, spoke with her actually over Twitter, and she may or may not remember. Um, I was pretty strong in some words that I uh, uh, mentioned to her, appropriately so, um, about Stable Duel, which I love. And if you're not familiar with Stable Duel, our next guest will uh, talk to you all about it. Um, she is the director of marketing for Stable Duel. She's worn many hats in the horse racing machine. We are very excited to have on, for the first time this evening, the director of marketing from Stable Duel, Bree Mott. Bree, how you doing tonight? Hey, What's Greg. going on? What's going on? Welcome to the HHH Racing Podcast. Thanks for I joining do, us. I do remember. And when you hit me up, I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bree, let's, let's, let's talk about that first, just real quick. So, um, Bree, I'm a longtime um, player of Stable Duel. We'll talk about, we'll, we'll get into de- details yeah. in a moment. But um, as a as a as a live money contest player and a big fan of contests in general, and I played, I just looked my account, Bree. I played ninety six stable dual contests. Just to let you know. Nice. So I, I over the last few years, I did mention to you that I thought it was a bit unfair that at first stable dual allowed for just as many entries as people wanted. And again, we'll get into the game in a second, Bree. I want to give you a huge shout out and credit because I love when any business or any industry listen to its customers. Now, I'm not arrogant enough to say that you guys changed because of what I had to say. In fact, I'm sure you didn't. But I would assume that other people had the same concerns. I just want a big shout out because not soon after that, you guys changed the rules. You were very, mm-hmm. you were awesome on Twitter. You got back to me right away. And not too soon after that, had me within a few weeks to maybe a month, you changed the rules and you limited the number of entries that people mm-hmm. can buy into in the game. So without getting into the details of the game, I just want to give you a huge shout out for listening to your customers. I really, really do appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, no, from literally from launch, we, you know, love the feedback and we ask questions and sometimes we don't pivot as quickly because there's other things going on. But for sure, I mean, we're in this for the players. We're in this for the industry. Um, So if the players aren't happy, I mean, obviously there's a business to be run. So if players aren't happy, that doesn't work. Um, but we are the first of our kind. We are not horse tourneys. We are not derby wars. And um, so in that, there's been learning curves for us. And there's also, you know, trying different things to try to get new players involved. And so we don't fit into the typical contests. I think that other people are so well-versed in, we're a little bit different. So there is some sort of a like, you know, kind of like a happy medium sometimes that we all have to get to. Now, it's it's not easy. The business model is always tricky. You you want to please everyone, but you know that you can't. We totally understand that. Bree, before we get into the details of your position yeah. in Stable Duel, let's talk a little about your background because I deep dive on this show. I do my homework. I knew a little bit about you um, several years ago, but you've you've certainly uh, you know made a name to yourself in the horse racing industry. But interesting enough. Uh, you don't really have a horse racing background. You are not the daughter of a famous trainer. Talk a little bit about your background and how you got into horse racing in the first place. Yeah. So actually 2009, which I mean, now we're stretching 10 plus years, but 2009 was the first horse race I had ever seen. It was at Keeneland. I had no interest in racing before that. 
Actually, that's not true. I should count Vernon Downs in like middle school. I went to Vernon Downs in middle school, but I can tell you there was a clear non-interest after going to Vernon Downs in middle school. Um, but so prior to that, no horse racing. I mean, I was a horse girl. I was that weirdo on the back of a bus with those big books from Barnes and Noble, you know. Um, but Keeneland, I saw a horse race at Keeneland. I did an internship because I thought I wanted to be a vet. And that kind of just wrote me into Kentucky. Um, and then kind of from there, I just immersed myself. So I worked as a groom in a foaling barn for six months. I worked um, for Nick Zito Walking Hots for a summer at Saratoga. I've worked the sales. Um, I went overseas, worked in New Zealand for three months. I've been to Australia as well. I mean, that's kind of the cool thing about the thoroughbred industry is like, if you just you just say yes to things, like you can kind of do a lot and go anywhere. I mean, you work hard along the way, but so then after that, I came back to Kentucky. I rode with a vet and then I did some bloodstock help. I will not claim that I can look at a horse and be like, that's a winner. That is ridiculous that I would ever, um, but I understand the system. And yeah, and then I started to kind of gravitate to the front of house and I started a business called Fashion at the Races. And that was to promote kind of the lifestyle side of racing, like the fun, if you want to dress up champagne, like that sort of vibe. And then Stable Duel came along and I've been with Stable Duel, I guess, what are we, 2020, I guess two years or something like that. Yeah, and absolutely. Been there pre-launch for launch and I'm I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. Uh, Pete, ask Bree where she got her college degree. Uh-oh, where'd you get your college degree, Bree? We are, Penn State. Oh, me too. We got, where's yeah. my, we got, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> We got what Penn got, State Pete? Scott is our also our, our normal nice. Penn State. Although I'm a Nebraska football fan, as I get made fun of on this show all the time by, <laughs> by Penn State Scott. But, you know, we, we do these well, things. Well, um, funny fact, I um, my 21st birthday was in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, we're, nice. We're just going to leave it right there. We won't go into I was going to say, yeah, that, that might be an off-the-air story. We, we, we've got time for you if you want to talk more about that birthday. Um, anyway, so, you know, you, you uh, majored in um, – animal sciences correct mm -hmm. so maybe you thought maybe you wanted to be a vet i know you mm -hmm. traveled overseas and i read that you sort of told your mom you know you got to make a decision what you want to do and you actually went out to california for a seminar that sort of changed your life in a way correct oh my gosh where did you find this you are well, I, holy Bree, crap. listen we do our homework on this this is like the 60 minutes of horse racing we do we do our we do our research when you said you went out to california i was like no i didn't and then yeah uh yes yeah. so my mom roped me into a marketing um like motivational speech sort of thing and i you know i was such a i'm such a jerk as a kid like you know i'm like mom this is stupid i don't want to go i'll go with you fine you know kicking and screaming like my whole entire life towards that amazing woman and we go and i think it's like three days it costs her money and um that's where i actually drew the logo for fashion at the races that's where i kind of created my business plan and i i guess i would say that's kind of where the marketing mindset kicked off um so kudos to you holy crap i forgot about yeah. that yeah it started 2012 fashion at the races yep. um i'm assuming you still enjoy dressing up the races even though you're with uh stable doing we have we have a fun 10 minutes to post uh question which we'll we'll get into that a little bit but okay. what was it about working with you know starting fashion at the races what 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 did what did you enjoy most about that experience other than yeah. the obvious of being able to travel around different tracks 
Yeah, so um, so I started that after being in Australia and saw what they did with fashions on the field. So, I mean, it's been well past 50 years now, but let's say 60 years ago, the racetracks over there realized that women were, you know, diminishing in numbers coming to racing. So what happens when women diminish? Well, guys diminish because there's no women to chase. Plus, the women are telling them that they can't go, like golfing. Like, no, you can't go every Saturday, Sunday, you know. So, no, you can't go racing. So they they were smart. They realized that they needed to get women there. And so they created this, like, marketing campaign in a way. And it was called Fashions on the Field in a Competition. What's up, Colin? Um, and so I started kind of that over here because we just lack, like, the racetrack. There's a ton of racetracks, and I won't name them right now, that have no marketing committees. Like, none. They don't. They don't care about them. They just don't. And so as a whole, we just lack like a marketing just vision for racing collectively, of course, but even the racetracks themselves in their own area. So started that. um, And honestly, the whole path has been amazing because I think for me, it was my business. I pretty much was the only one and I had family help me and friends help me. And the stuff I learned along the way was fantastic. Like everything from digital marketing to you know, hosting events to giveaways to um, hooking up with brands, sponsorships, partnerships, like just the inner workings. I mean, it set me really nicely for Stable Duel, but um, it was learning the hard way every single time. And, you know, that's kind of what you have to do for a lot of this. I, Brie, I love, by the way, I love uh, many things about horse racing and things that you do. If you don't follow Brie on Twitter, uh, <laughs> I love someone that's opinionated, but in an appropriate way. And you just have to follow her on Twitter to know what I'm talking about. Bree Bree understands what I'm talking about because yeah. um, I, I, I do like strong opinions, but as you know, HRT, Horse Racing Twitter, mm-hmm. can be a complete cesspool as I've learned the last year and a half. Bree, this this podcast is only a little over uh, 20 months old, and I sent my very first tweet last January, uh, last year, January. So I'm one of those old, you know, curmudgeons that really never got involved with Twitter. And I've realized in the last 20 months, there is some interesting stuff out there. And horse racing yeah. Twitter, you are strong, but you're, but, but you're kind in the way you say it. And I just want to compliment you also on your Twitter. Cause I think you do a great job with your tweets. Thank you. um, let's talk a little bit about, um, Team Valor, because you worked for mm-hmm. Team Valor also. I know I'm backtracking a little bit. Who, by the way, guys, had the one horse in the cotillion that we all hoped, uh, well, I hoped would run. She was not very green good, up. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And green up at nine. Bree, what happened to your old Team Valor, guys? <laughs> I, I liked green up, not at nine to five. Paul, what did yeah. you say? The most One of the most overbet horses of the year? In no, I, I said she may not have been, but none, no others come to mind. Yeah. Uh, Bree, talk about your experience with Team Val- uh, Valor. I've never met Barry Irwin, but the mm. whole group seems like a really nice group yeah. of people. Tell me about that experience a little bit. Yeah, so uh, another amazing experience. So I worked for Barry for six years, um, and and I don't know what the demographic of people that are listening to this, but I will. I'm going to say this, and I'm proud of it. So I actually met Barry because of an ad that it said like "Live for free, clean my house once a week, and take care of my dogs." I love dogs. Um, I love not spending money. And I don't know, I don't mind cleaning a house, I guess. So I applied and I got the gig. So I like lived, yeah. So I lived in an apartment above their garage for four years, three or four years. And I cleaned their house. And where were that? um, You don't see where, where is that part of the country? You don't get details. In Kentucky, in Lexington. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very cool. And so, 
Yeah. So to the, I guess the whole millennial and student loans. So I was able to like pay off student loans and do all this stuff. And, and so that's how I met Barry. And I think I worked, did not professionally work for him for maybe the first six months or to a year, but then he was like, you need to come work for me. I had already done stable or fashion of the races and he liked what I did. And so then I started working for him professionally as well. And I worked for him for six years um, and I still live there for three of them. And then I moved somewhere else eventually, but, um, yeah, no. So huge experience, both in customer service, um, the bloodstock world racing, like this really gave me the ownership side of racing. I had never seen, you know, you walk hot, you just see the owners, um, they come, they look at the horse, they might ask to give it a treat and they leave. Like the trainer usually doesn't even tell you too much about it. This, this was far different. This was like, you know, when we shipped Animal Kingdom overseas, it was like call to get the electrolyte pack. So when it, so when he lands, he's got electrolytes in his system, and this is what we're looking for. And call the assistant trainer, like very much the inner workings of the horse, but also to a partnership. You have however many partners to keep happy. So updates, um, kind of like the downside of it, telling them, yeah, no, this horse isn't going to run this weekend or the horse isn't going to run anymore or we're going to sell it or whatever it is. So to the Twitter side of things and customer service, like Barry was very good. And I think one of the things he said was, he's like, you've got to learn how to like give people a shoulder to cry on, but then also like toughen up and say like, this is how it is. This is what you got into and have a professional way to say like, you know, whatever it is, like you can't always just bend over backwards and, and you know, I, to the customer is always right. I actually think the customer is not always right, but there's still a way to like, you know, provide customer service and show value, even if you're correcting them on something. And so those were some good values that I learned from Barry. And I obviously learned like the inner workings of international racing, Phillies, turf sales. Like I, you know, it was, it was an awesome experience. I can't speak highly enough about Barry and his wife, Kathleen, and then the partnership. I still talk to some of the owners. They're great as well. Well, they know how to do it. Uh, anyone on, on the panel here, anyone have a question for Bree? I don't want to, or piggyback off of something she said. <laughs> no, but I, I would say this, Bree. Bree, were you at Parks on Saturday? I was not. I wish, okay. but no, I was, right. I was a keyboard right. warrior. Then I feel better because I would have felt badly <laughs> if I thought I saw you. And oh, no. Say hello. Um, no, but I, I think it's great that you just uh, brought that story up because, you know, I think nowadays if you just said, well, you know, we want you to start out in a job, but you're going to start out living in a house and part of your job is going to be to clean the house. Some people would say, you know, that's below me. And, I'm, you know, and, you know, especially in this game, you know, so many people start out at the bottom and end up near the top and, you don't do that if you're not willing to, to make that kind of a move and hats off to you for being proud of it. And, yeah. you know, because like I say, I really think if you said that, you know, especially to a young woman in 2022, they might say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I want to go to college and I'm, I'm not going to clean someone's house, but you know, the guy's house you're cleaning happens to be one of the most powerful horse racing people in the world. FYI, it mm -hmm. might lead to something. So, so good yeah. for you. And, 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 uh, you know, we, we all have to start somewhere and, uh, you know, very few start at the top, you know, <laughs> most start at the bottom. So hats off to you. Hats. Thanks. Well, I Great. even think some of the best people at the top, right, are still doing 
like no doubt the office bathroom like that's what makes you the leader that's what makes you you know it's the ones that don't want to do that that have a very temporary set job is the way i look at it yeah well look at the game we're in i mean the the top people in the world you know the top trainers in the world get up at three o'clock in the morning so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all you really yep. need to know <laughs> yep. um Two other quick things to talk about. I'd like to ask you, Bree, and then we're going to get in a stable duel. Um, you worked at Ashford Stud, and Kyle, mm-hmm. you and I went to Ashford Stud, Coolmore. Um, what an unbelievable place that was. Uh, Kyle and myself, yeah. I, I've been to Keelan several times. Uh, Kyle Roscoe on the bottom is right next to you there on the screen, was at Keelan for the first time with me. Uh, first time for him, but he had to be with me uh, in the spring, and he'd never been to a real farm of that nature. And Kyle, I don't know if you want to piggyback off of what Bree might say, but that place, Ashford Stud and Coolmore, Bree absolutely blew us away. Yeah. No, it's um, the history behind it, obviously meticulous in grooming in general. Those farms, especially in Woodford County, Lane's End, um, you know, they they keep it nice for a reason. Um, and then the stock that they have there is nothing to, to oh. I mean, amazing groomers. Let's justify... Yeah. Mendelssohn, Uncle Mo, Practical Joe. Yeah. Who else, Kyle? Who am I missing? I mean, you're oh, missing about, American Pharaoh. <laughs> yeah, I know the Triple Crown winner. I mean, it's crazy there. I mean, and some I'm, of like the stallions are the like the headliners, right? But the mares, people sort of forget about. But like Spain is there. Um, Rags to Riches is there. Like there are powerful male and even like brood mare levels. And this took me still a long time because they might have been nobody on the racetrack but their actual producing is nuts handy um yeah it's just it's really cool in general and the farm obviously is beautiful they take amazing care of their race of their horses um i had a great experience i did the foaling barn so um and then i did yearlings as well i kind of did it all but it was awesome we saw the Foling Barn. That that is yeah. unbelievable. I don't know when if you've been there recently, but I mean that that place is seeing the Foling Barn at Coolmore compared yeah. to the Foling Barn uh, at some other places is just, is quite the experience because we saw um, we saw the Foling Barn at Claiborne, which is a unbelievable place, but mm-hmm. obviously much more old school and mm-hmm. and very different. Last question for you to stable duel. You've worked with so many great people uh, if you still have any connection with long jeans i'll take a watch by the way uh, <laughs> I, I saw that i was like Ooh. out of that i did get a free watch out of that so oh wow so i, I just want to mention maybe uh we'll, we'll talk after the show uh anyway i've got a few coins in my pocket maybe i can afford a watch from them um let's get into stable duel Bree. um Stable, for, I'm going to let you talk about Stable Duel. I'm sure there's people, even though it's been around for a few years, I'm sure there's people out there that are not familiar with Stable Duel. We don't have an hour left here, but briefly talk about what Stable Duel is. And I got a little surprise for everyone for something that happened with me this Saturday, which you may or may not be aware of. Oh, I'm not aware. So we'll, <laughs> we'll okay. see. Um, so Stable Duel is the first of its kind. It's only in mobile apps. So right now we're in iOS and Android. Um, and it's the familiar fantasy football format. So if you've played fantasy football on Yahoo, on CBS, whatever, where you're selecting your team within a salary cap of however many players, and you know you can't select all the Tom Brady's, you're going to run out of money. That's the same format for Stable Duel. So you go in there, you'll select a game, which is at a particular track. It's showing Keeneland here, which is coming up. And then you select 10 horses within a $50,000 bankroll. So two to one is costing you $9,000. So you can't have 10 two to one. So you have to develop this kind of 
fun strategy of like shorter priced or high val high higher priced and then value picks and 10 horses you submit your stable and you're going up against other people's stables uh and so then for point wise all your horses get points for first through fifth but the cool part of this is the variance is lengths one by so if you've got um the first horse let's say mind control if you selected that horse i forget what it was like nine nine thousand or something um he gets 60 points for winning and then however there you go however many points he wins by so 62.5 right there is what that horse showed and then second place um, is a 40 baseline but then you subtract the lengths that that horse got beaten by so it's a really cool way to play and like the whole thought process is you don't have to select 10 winners like you have to just select a well-rounded stable that you think is going to be the best on the day and so the other side of this which i'll keep it quick is it's really good for like bringing new people into the sport um learning the game looking at pps we have horse detail screen that are past performances and um, rather than, you know, betting $10 on one race and then let's say green up, everybody tells me that I'm a newbie, that green up's going to win. So I like grab my $10 and I go and put it on and she flunks. Like, I don't know that I'm going to want to play again. This kind of gets rid of that binary outcome. This is like, oh my gosh, like the horse that I selected got third and I got 20 points. Like, I can't wait until, you, until I see what the next one does. And so even if you only got two winners, the next time you'll be like, I'm going to get three. And then you just have this confidence level as you continue to learn horse racing um, by playing in stable. And you cash, like obviously pay to play free games. We pay out pretty decent um, prize pools. Thousand dollars, yeah. I think is what somebody won on Saturday for first place, yeah. you know, five to 5,000 total. But yeah, that's the, that's well, the thing. Well, I did okay on Saturday. This, this was actually me hey. on Saturday. Um, there is, by the way, there is a stable called HHH, but that is actually not me. I, I, I created this before I started the podcast, so I am K-Dog on there. Um, I, I obviously got off to rip-roaring start, Bree. I was actually yeah. in first, second, third early, and then unfortunately horses like Green Up and Tawny Port sort of hurt me along with Derby House, who was a, a like second choice. But I did have a ride with Biden also. I got eighth place, and I got 150 bucks back. It was a $50 Entry fee and I won a hundred bucks. So it, it was a lot of fun. It's really cool. Um, and it really teaches value guys. I think that's something that's helped me with through contest play. We talk a lot about money lines and value and, and that's what this does uh, Bree, because you do have to find those sneaky, you know, six to one to 15 to one horses that you think can run because you yeah. can't afford obviously three year stable to play all, you know, three to one shots. Yeah. And I think that feeling like riding with Biden, I mean, I'm still on a high, because um, I did like that horse. And yeah, you tweeted see, about Ryan yes, Bias too. <laughs> to see him like break out and just hold on the head down the whole entire time. Like just yeah. no question. I mean, I was sitting there in front of the television, you know, just doing this little dance. So um, if you guys sign up, let's see, what time is it? So it's 8.56. If any stables that sign up between now and, I don't know, 10 a.m. tomorrow, I'll give you guys five bucks to play in your first contest. I know it's not a lot. But wow. Yeah. I'll do it right Thank now. Thank you, Bree. Awesome. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, there you go. Sign up. There you go. And and that's another thing I like about Stable Duel, Bree, is everyone has a different budget, right? We would never poo-poo anyone. Some people spend 
$300 on a race. Some people, if they spend 50 bucks for the weekend, that's a lot, right? Stable Duel has $100 contests. I think yep. I saw a $250 one time, but they also yep. have $5 contests. Mm -hmm. You have free contests. You guys Dollar nights, we got it all. <laughs> great job of marketing to different people's uh, personal budgets. Well, hey, hey, Howard, just one thing for, for Brie. One thing I do like, too, is like you're talking about, if you only want to spend 25 bucks, you still can get the thrill of playing a whole card, whereas you're yep. generally, for 25 bucks, you're going to struggle to play a whole card. I mean, you could play like two bucks a race, but this will get you with a little bit more upside potentially. And, and that's kind of awesome if you are playing on a small budget, just like daily fantasy and football or anything else. Right. You could do that, win big prizes for a low amount. Bree, we gotta take yeah. care of the Canadians. What's going on? I know, right Cindy. Now? I know, Cindy was on was with us on the live stream last night. I know, Cindy. I'm trying. I promise. Yeah. No. So the thought process around that, right? So a hundred dollars. Um, you know, people spend a hundred dollars on bets. Some people don't too. That's fine. Um, but you are spending it for an entire race card of entertainment. And the other thing is like the potential to cash in stable duel, you could, I, I'm tough to argue this, but you could argue is a little bit better than some other bets, especially a pick five. And the only reason I'll say pick five is like, if you missed one horse in one of your races, you're out. There's no chance. Um, if you duly noted, Brie, I was going to say sadly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I missed a pick five on, on parks, but so we're, the, we're the four out of five crew on this show, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But in Stable Duel, you know, you could have like two bad horses and, you know, you could fit, like, look, Howard just put up his stable. He got eighth and he still cashed a, a hundred dollar profit on, on top of the $50, you know? So, yep. so I think the risk is a little bit lower. Um, we have different contests where it's a double up. So the top 40% cashes. So, you know, pick your poison, but for sure, I don't know. It's just a different way to play. And, and yeah, we, we just want everyone to play and like love horse racing and engage and, it's a very engaging game, which is great. Hey, Howard. Yeah, before, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You go first. Oh, no. I was just going to ask one stable duel. I didn't want to move on. Did you ever ever think about would it be interesting to do like, and I don't know if it's possible depending on the tracks that you have affiliations with, but like doing one that's not just a single track card, but maybe multiple stakes races. So then, you know, people who don't follow, maybe I'm not going to follow the third race at parks on a certain day, but I might follow the grade ones or the stakes races across the board, across the country. Has that ever been a possibility or are there challenges to that? So I guess the, there's always, boy, are there always challenges. I'm sure, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard to, no, the, <laughs> impossible to overcome challenges, maybe. <laughs> no, actually, so one of the big racing groups that we are partnered with, they want us to quickly do that for their racetracks in general. Um, but at the moment, it's just a development thing for us. So um, the most we can do right now, which, you know, feel free to shoot me DMs, whatever, but we can do what we call a late five. Um, so on a, on a race card, rather than having the full race card, we'll just do the last five races as typical same format, but then you don't have to get in before first post, like most of our games as at 12, you know, you could wait until three and it's just a quick hit of five races, but yes, more game formats of multi-tracks, you know, whether it's, um, I don't know, the golden, the golden hour that they do Santa Anita and, you know, we'll, We'll be doing those um, somewhat soon. We've got some other pretty important updates coming through first. Oh, that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Bree, I have a quick rules question. Then we have a question from one of our viewers, and then we'll get into our 10 minutes to post and end our show. Do you have about, do you have a good 10 or 15 minutes left, Bree? Fantastic. Uh, I would, this is a serious rules question. You mentioned phase top five. I know sometimes 
they only the top four get points. I know that happened on Saturday. I thought it was based on field size, but I don't want to put you in a in a bath in a tough spot here. But there was a race this weekend on Saturday that had less horses than one. There's there's a race that paid out a top four, but only had like seven horses, and then there was another race that had like um, ten horses. Um, that paid out, sorry, the, the 10 race paid four and the smaller race paid five. So I've seen sometimes it pays out four, sometimes it pays out five. I don't know if you have the answer to that question, but so I'm when sort of you say as the player by that. So when you say pays, you're looking at points, positive, positive points. Is that right? Positive points, mm-hmm. actually. Positive points, yeah. So the positive points are always the same, but what the variance is is the length. So you're probably looking at the fifth place horse and wondering why it got negative. It got negative because it was more than 10 lengths behind the winner. Thank you. That answered mm-hmm. my question. So it's not really about field size necessarily then. In terms no, of so the how many really- positive points you guys pay out. Is that correct? Yeah, so um, first through fifth is what gets the base positive points, but still, like, even for second place, if well, so we cap it at negative 30. So, for right. for so, like, country grammar, country grammar against flight line when he lost by what 20, 22, yeah, is but, that you could finish second and be close well, yeah, so to the negative, I guess. No, well, so, so if, you have 40 points for second, yeah. oh, go ahead, Bree, you can explain, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, so Howard is right, so you get 40 base points for a second, so if he got beat by oh, that's 22 true. Yeah, lengths, yeah. then he would still get a positive of 18, 18. Right. Um, exactly. but same, then you move on to third, and it's a base point of 30, and it's depending how many, okay. and second, and, and, and so on, so yeah, so you can still get a negative for fifth, because of the negative when can i log in to see tournaments and how people that is one of the first updates that i am pushing out so it's coming soon not soon enough colin but it's coming um uh, brie we do have a, uh we are on um, listening platforms so people can't see can you just read that for the people and then sure. respond again one more time please uh brie when i can when can i log in and see tournaments and how people are doing that i'm not a part of that's the one thing i'm really missing so currently in the stable dual app you have to be playing in a tournament to see the leaderboard. Um, we are going to change that. We're going to open that up to all players so that if you didn't get in or you didn't want to get in or you're new and you want to figure it out, um, all the contests will be open so that you can check out the leaderboard. Terrific. Uh, Bree, we have, we're going to end the segment with you and we really appreciate you coming on the show. You've been fantastic. Again, follow Bree everywhere on Twitter. Join <laughs> Stable Duo. I'm a big fan. Um, for for many reasons, we have a fun segment that I created for our guest called Ten Minutes to Post. Ten minutes to post. <laughs> These are going to be ten rapid fire questions. Bree does not know what they are. They could be just about anything. I feel like I need to take, stretch. You can take ten <laughs> seconds. You can take a minute. Really, it's your dime, your dance floor. You take as long as you want, and we're going to rotate the questions. Uh, through and guys on the screen will rotate it literally in um, clockwise orders. We'll go Pete, Paul, and then Kyle. Uh, we'll take the fourth question. Bree, are you ready for 10 minutes yes. to post? Here yes. we go. Questions on the bottom of the screen. What was the first moment or when was the first one you fell in love with horses or horse racing? Slash horse racing. Oh my gosh. Um, horses ever, ever, ever since I can remember, even from a book to the live thing, horse racing. I'm going to be a little cringy slash cliche and say I was at the Zenyatta Breeders' Cup and I don't know, wow. just the crowd in general, even, you know, th- yeah, we'll go there. I would only imagine. Assuming the, the fa- she was in two of them, but I'm assuming you're talking about the last one where she won the Blame. classic and, right. Oh, I was the, oh, the one with Blaine. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which was but the still. last one? You were right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's but what, so, but when he came back, like nobody was booing or anything. It was just like, but then when she came back after yeah. him, the crowd like, and I, yeah, no, yeah. you can't, you can't after I, that. You're a fan. I bet her last victory, Paul. Good, good call, Paul. Uh, Pete, you got the next one. Ah, <laughs> uh, what do you like most working for Stable Duel? Um, I think just promoting the sport that I love to try to get new people involved. Great answer. Great answer. Paul? Your best, most memorable horse racing event ever attended. She might have just answered it, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah, we might go there. I'm going to try to think of another one, though. Okay. Um, here's what I'm going to say. So you all, I, we already talked about the Barry Irwin situation. And so prior to working for them professionally, um, this was just before I started working for him and team Valor. So I was watching their dogs while they were in Dubai um, for animal kingdom. And I was watching on the television and they had a Scottish terrier and a poodle. And I have my little dog who's now 12 and ancient. And I'm watching this on television, him come down the stretch and I am on the couch that I did not own. And I am jumping up and down and saying, your dad and mommy are winning. And I'm freaking out. So I will say that was definitely a, a moment that I'll never forget. And I was not at the race. So that's something about horse racing. Get that that's very cool. By the way, any questions for Bree Mott, um, I'm sure she'll be happy to answer them and after we uh, please comment in the live chat. We have great viewership tonight, Bree. Of course, only because of you, not because of us no. Yahoo's on the screen. Uh, yeah. Kyle, Kyle's a very uh, sharp uh, young man, so he'll appreciate this question. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, what are the do's and don'ts when dressing up at the track? Okay, well, you're catching me uh, like a few years from fashion at the races. Um, we know you still got it in you, though. We know you still, <laughs> still got it in you. Should I answer for guys or girls? Well, both, overall. Both. Overall, I still think, like, still be comfortable. Like, I will wear heels that hurt, but I will not be caught looking like they hurt. And I will not be barefoot. So so that's number one. Um, but no, I don't know. Like, I think whatever the vibe is looks sharp and um, seersucker is a little bit, a little bit too much, too much, guys. But hey, if it fits, have, have a blast. Have a good time. Christine Race is one of, I'll put that up. She's one of our fantastic viewers. We have we have several, we, we have many female viewers that watch the show, which I'm personally very proud of, Brie, because I think we need to expand the game as much as possible. So Christine, she's awesome. Christine, shout out to you and shout out to you, Brie, obviously. So thanks, uh, thanks Christine, Christine for, for chiming in. Uh, next question goes to myself, and that is the biggest celebrity you've met at the track. Okay, so that's a little hard. So I did interview, so we were talking about partnerships, um, and I'm a huge fan of Long Jean, but GH Mum was a partnership. And I mean, you can never you can never have enough champagne. So maybe we need to hook up with GH Mum. Um, biggest celebrity. I think you need to have a drink with Michelle Yu. She's a big champagne girl, as you probably yes. are aware of. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, every year we talk about it, and then we never end up getting champagne together. Um, so here, I'll just tell one funny story, I guess. Um, the guy that created Seinfeld and is in, um, Larry David. Yes. Yes. So this is not to age any money, but he's a, he's a little bit before my time, I guess. Like I know who he is, but, but I'm not a huge fan and I don't really understand his vibe, 
But so the cameraman, when he came, um, they were so excited. They're like, you got to get him for an interview. Like, this is the man that wrote Seinfeld. You know, he's in this show and whatever. And they like were laughing because they kind of like gave me like, he's a little tough. And so I asked him, I said, hey, do you mind signing, signing the GH Mum bottle? It's for charity, which it was. He's like, you know, yes, I'll sign the bottle or something. But I got to do my job. So I'm trying to get him for an interview, too. So, like, he's signing the bottle. He's taking pictures. And then I was like, oh, like, Larry, like, thanks so much. Like, you know, who do you think in the derby? And he was like, you said I could sign the bottle and then I could leave. And I was like, <laughs> like, I like wow. wanted to start cry and i'll say like i don't know if he was really being a jerk like i don't know if he's playing a role but i was just so surprised by like just the like just i don't know just the just right down there he's like you said this and i know that i did but you know i, I tried so i don't know larry david was one brangelina never came which was a huge disappointment i was hoping they would come but i don't know you guys know who's on the kentucky derby red carpet some of them are you know woohoo and some of them aren't so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's a it's a mixed bag for sure. Uh, Pete, oh, this is a great one. How do we grow the younger audience or and the female audience? Um, obviously, billion dollar question for our industry. If anything, um, gambling is big, so the fact that it is branching out and now starting to cross over with sports gambling is a big deal for the younger audience. Um, obviously, I'm biased with Stable Duel. I think Stable Duel is a huge um, factor in all of this. To the female side, I was not a big gambler really before Stable Duel. I think, and I will say this again, I'm sure there's bias. I do think Stable Duel helps to develop gamblers along the way um, because of risk, um, confidence, knowledge to get to next levels. And then, you know, you meet a good group of people and then all of a sudden you want to start gambling along with them a little bit more. Um, female wise though, I, I think females can be turned into gamblers. Absolutely. But I think it's more of an experience. Um, so I think you have to create an experience, whether it's in the mobile app of Twin Spires, TVG, FanDuel, Stable Duel, like that has to be a good experience. Technology is huge. And sometimes we stake H hashtag non HD. Um, yeah, there's a lot, right. But I think it's experience and um, I don't know what my first point was, whatever my first point was. Well, Kyle, I don't want to get too much into your personal life, but you know, someone that didn't know anything about horse racing uh, mm -hmm. that enjoys your company that uh, really loves horse racing. She'd be a perfect person really to what has she said about horse racing that really uh, that she enjoys other than of course being with you at the track. Well, yeah, that's, that's number one, but no, I'm just, uh, honestly, she loves the, I mean, she got into it. She's big into Lily. She's big into all that stuff. So she always wanted to go to the Derby for the experience. She never cared about the races. She didn't care about until she met me. That's when she started to like immerse herself in the races and everything. But yeah, the big thing was the experience and, you know, the getting the dress up and just going out, having a good time and <laughs> drinking with your friends. So yeah. I think that's a hundred percent correct in your, with your point there. Uh, yeah. Bree, we've got four more questions. Paul, you've got the next one. Bucket list track or race day event you would like to attend either here or overseas. Okay, well, I'm going to give the womp womp. I actually would love to see every racetrack in the U.S. I've grown a huge love for racinos because I love a good craps table. So you win or lose on the track, Ooh, and then yes. you either win it or lose it back on the <laughs> That's craps table. That's what I'm talking table. about. 
So I will chalk up to any of those I still want to go to. Um, but I would say the Arc de Triomphe would probably be my bucket list, I guess. Um, it's I've the Sunday, Bree. We can fly out there. It's, it's I know, in a few days. I'll be on a plane. So you just tell me when. But yeah, no, I've done... I've, I've gone to Hong Kong and Korea and um, Dubai. So I've seen like some of the big, big places, but I think the French would be really cool to see. Bree and the guys, who's winning? Oh, don't ask me. I, 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 I have no idea. We have yeah. no idea. <laughs> we have to do our handicapping on that. I agree. I agree. By the way, a lot of people have yet. said Melbourne Cup on this show, Bree. A lot of people have said Melbourne Cup in Australia. So um, have, have you been there? I mean, because you were out there, right? Yeah, so I did not go to the cut, but I have been to Flemington and okay. Caulfield. Um, so, I mean, I would love to go to the Melbourne Cup. And I will say this, though. Like, the Kentucky Derby is fantastic. I'm okay not going. I'm okay to watch it on television. I usually do a little bit better gambling that way. I see the races a bit better. There's just, like, less just everything. Um, but they are fun to go do too. So the fact that I've been to Flemington and had a great race day, I saw black caviar in like three or four of her races when I was over there. So um, I feel like I kind of like, I'm okay if I don't make it to the Melbourne cup and I could see other races. Oh, I mean, you've been to some places that I can only <laughs> dream of. It's so cool, Brie. Uh, we've got three more questions, Kyle. Uh, perhaps the most important question uh, based on Bree's job right now would be this one. Oh boy, and you give it to me. Nice. Uh, so, what's the future of Stable Duel, and then uh, in just general, horse racing fantasy sports? So, I probably can't answer the second half of that because I don't really know. So, horse racing in itself, um, legal wise, is interesting because we are a statute completely separate from sports gambling and from fantasy which is great. I think we want to stay there. Um, so we'll just leave that one for stable duel. I mean, we have a lot of exciting things, um, coming on. We're going to expand overseas in 2023. Um, we have talks in Latin America as well. Canada, we're waiting as, as Cindy knows, we're waiting on one thing to happen in Canada. Um, and then we'll be expanding up there, but yeah, I don't, you know, it's one of those things that anything can happen and we're just working hard and we're excited to continue to grow and, we appreciate player support doing that. I have the penultimate question, and that is the consistently best-dressed patrons are at which racetrack, Bree? I know, I know you don't want to anger, uh, upset people, but you've got to have an opinion on this. I know. This one's – I'm not going to lie. This one's a little tough. So the easy answer a lot of people would want me to say is Keeneland. I feel but like I there's like, a thought coming. I do. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have some, like, trouble with – like – they're they're so boring at Keeneland they all look the same they're all wearing the same damn boots and the same short dresses with no jackets like it's just uh but I will say there still is a hundred percent um a level of class in a lot of the Keeneland wear like I you know will wear faux furs and stuff like that so I think that's great uh you know, I'm just going to say Saratoga, but I just think that's because I love Saratoga with the summer vibe and summer dresses and shorts. And, you know, some people are in suit jackets because they have to be, even if they're complaining. I don't know. Well, I, both those places, I'll just say, have some very beautiful people there. Either sex, whatever, <laughs> whatever you, whatever you people prefer out there. There are a lot of sharp dressed people and some very, uh, sharp looking people at both. Paul works for the Saratoga special, by the way, Bree. So he's up there um, 
for some parts of the summer. So he has first first hand knowledge, right, Paul? Of the of the well. And, I am, and I am not one of the. <laughs> <laughs> although although I do wear a jacket twice a year out of respect for Mrs. Whitney on Whitney Day and Travers Day and. This year, Whitney Day was 100 degrees, so it was not very stylish when it was stuck to me. <laughs> Pete, you've got the last question. Very simple, Bree. Oh, favorite horse. Ooh. I feel like they come in – oh, this sounds terrible. Besides my own, I feel like the favorite racehorses come and go. Um, not in a bad way. I think you always remember them. But so there was a Team Valor horse. He was Panama Hat. He won – five times in like four weeks or three weeks um, over in Ireland, turf racing. Um, he was awesome. Euro Charlene was another filly of theirs that I loved. <sighs> Gosh, I don't know. How about um, one, he, one that you have no association with at all, just as a fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you'll laugh, but Mia Bear is a um, filly that has been running at a Cinnaboyan <laughs> And because I am following Assiniboia Downs like all the way through the meet, I fangirl for that thing. Tomorrow night, we'll all be following yep. tomorrow well, yes, night. The, the big yeah. pick five tomorrow night with the highest class horse, I believe, is 7,500 claimers. So that's going to be uh, that's gonna be quite interesting. It's uh, a fun track to cap. It really is. It really is. Bremont, you've been fantastic. Uh, we'll let you close out where people can find you. Of course, your Twitter handle, handle is at the bottom. Now, anything mm -hmm. else you'd like to uh, promote before you leave us? I don't think so. I think, you know, follow me on Twitter if you want. Um, my Instagram, people try to follow. I That is the one thing that I have private, and it's filled with horses, my horse, so you're not going to be interested in that. Anyways. Um, but, yeah, no, follow Twitter. Play Stable Duel. Let me know what you think um, improvements are coming, as always. But, you know, just play along and see if you can beat Howard up there. K-Dog. And you won. You did win. I have won before, yes. I've won. Okay. I've won a few. I feel like last before. week. Yeah. Uh, I think you not, just... not last week, but I have okay. won. I won a, key, a fairly big Keeling contest. Um, I, I've won before, but it's tough. I mean, you have up and down days mm -hmm. just like anyone else. But uh, Bree, anything that we can do for the HHH Racing <laughs> Podcast to help Stable Duel, please let us know. I'd love to uh, talk to your advertising people or whatnot. We have over. 160,000 views on, on YouTube and we have over 1500 subscribers. We're growing every day. So uh, perhaps through email when I, we can, we can yeah. talk again, but thanks for joining us, Bree. We re are you going to the Breeders' Cup, Bree? Um, so I'll be here in Lexington. I don't know if I'll be on track. I'm kind of, I'm a little bit of a cheapo. So if tickets <laughs> open up and somebody's got like a deal or I can barter somebody right. down, I might end up going, but no, well, I, I don't. I'm playing, I'm playing the BCBC. Kyle's Ooh. also going with me. So, uh, maybe I can, I know Jim Goodwin. Maybe I can pull some strings. I love Jim. We'll, yes. We'll see. Give, give Jim a call. He'll take care of you, Bree. Come on now. I knocked his scooter. car though recently. I knocked his black BMW. <laughs> Because well, I think anybody in BMWs are angry individuals. No offense, but you're on this right now. See but... that? She put that on, on Twitter. This is <laughs> what I love about tweet. it. Yeah. She tweeted something to it that is. effect out. It anyway, is. Bree, well, I hopefully, maybe if we don't see you the Breeders' Cup, we'll, we'll meet you some way or another um, in Lexington. Um, perhaps you can have a beverage with a group of us or whatever. Yeah. We'd love to uh, take you out to dinner or whatnot and enjoy uh, the time while we're down there for the Breeders' Cup uh, at, at Keelan. Bree, thanks a lot. Appreciate your uh, time you gave us. Have Thank a great you. evening. Thanks, thanks, thanks for guys. coming. Thanks, Bree. Thanks, Bree. Take care.
she's awesome, guys. I mean, what are you going to say? Yeah. She does a great yeah. job with Stable Duel. She's exactly what this industry needs. She's energetic. She knows what she's talking about. She's intelligent. Uh, she's articulate. And and she's a with a, she's been with many fantastic groups of people from Ashford Stud Paul to Barry, you know, oh. to Team Valor to Lawn Jeans. I mean, and, and she started from the bottom. I mean, it's a great success story, Paul. It really is. It sure is. And, you know, I've, I've said this before, Howard, but and no disrespect to the many bright young men in the industry, but there's just no comparison that there are more bright young women. And you just look at Parks on Saturday. The Jessica Parkett did the in-house TV for all the races, except uh, Kate and Bradar and Maggie Wolfendale did it for the Cotillion and Derby. So there's three, <laughs> there's three right there. Turn on TVG, and, and you mentioned Michelle Yu, and you have Christina Blacker and Brittany Yurton. And, and again, it's, it, it's no disrespect. I like guys, too. It's no disrespect. But, you know, if you're talking about bringing females into the game, you know, if they even stumble upon the TV or they're at the track and, and they see a Maggie or a Michelle uh, or a Brie, you know, they're, they're, they're probably more likely to be interested. So I, I just think it's terrific, and, and I think her story's great, as I brought up to her, because, um, you, you know, she was not looking at anything like, well, this is below me. She was looking at, well, this sounds like it could be an opportunity. So, And it is. I don't play enough, you know. I would have had a good day at Park Saturday, too. I wish I, I, wish I had thought about playing on Saturday. but I You just, would have. You probably you know, would have beat my ass. Well, you know, the, you know how it is, though. You get wrapped up on track, and I didn't play yeah. one – I did not play one race at the at the Royal Aqueduct meet uh, on Saturday because you know you, you you get on track for one of those big days and and I and I was doing you know I wasn't sure what stories I was doing so I was pretty much doing interviews after every race and you know but uh, yeah it's I gotta play I gotta play more often and I perhaps will play this Saturday. Uh, Pete and Kyle, real quick final thoughts before I wrap up the show, Pete. Actually, I don't really have a final thought. I was just going to address one thing. There was a few comments about young handicappers and where they can get more information. And we have Kyle Roscoe here who did this. And I was thinking maybe maybe we could do a show one of these days where we can do like a Q&A session, but specific to handicapping questions and questions about bets and questions about strategies or just even basic questions. And maybe we could put that out there so some of the young handicappers out there can um, – can maybe pick up some tips or at least ask questions that maybe they just don't know where to go to get answers to. And we have the, the educator himself, the professor of Arlington uh, as a new nickname for him. There we go. We can do that. Well, you said, yeah. the, you said the educator, I thought you were going to go to me, but that's what I did too. But no, no educator of something important, not math. We're not interested in real yet. education. Who the hell cares about math? He, if you want to ever, if you want to co-host again on these Tuesday, or co- if you want to host on these Tuesday nights, you better watch it with the math. Hey, there, sir. You know, I like talking anyway, so I'll just be in the background. <laughs> you just running my yap. So that's just one more than happy to do that. I think that's a Pete, Pete, keep that in the back. That's a great idea. Yeah. Definitely, talk about definitely. That. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, final thoughts. No, I agree. That's a great Tuesday night show for one yeah. of these recap shows. But um, no, I like I said, I've seen her on Twitter, and but yeah, she's very sharp minded. She's just an absolute great guest, full of energy. So thank you to Bree again for coming on tonight, and I will definitely be downloading Stable Blue. And she even gave, gave us a promo. So how about that? Absolutely. Anyway. No, it's fantastic. And 
look, I, I don't care where people come from, what what male, female, mm-hmm. blue, green. I don't. I want good people in horse racing who are passionate, like all of us, who know what they're talking about and want to grow the game. Uh, we've had we've had competing podcast people on. We've had uh, many women on this show. I'm very proud to say that young people. We had a college night. I try to expand to everyone. And we really, it can't uh, happen with all, unless all the viewers watch. So really shout out to all of our viewers. We had almost 3,000 people watch our video from this past Saturday. We had 2,500 people live. Then we've had more than 500 people go and check out the show after the fact. So really appreciate that. Quick promos coming up this week, guys. We'll wrap it up because we got a big week. Uh, this Thursday night, Pete, Paul, and myself are actually doing two shows. One live and one taped. We're gonna do a tape. Do we get time and a half or double time? <laughs> I'll, I'll check with the uh, I'll check with accounting on that. Talk to HR. Okay. Yeah. I'll check. I'll Talk check with HR, HR on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're gonna do a very short tape show over Sanita's win and urine Breeders' Cup races. It will not be a pick five video. It will be just on the Breeders' Cup win and urine races. It'll be much shorter. And then, guys, I'm really excited. Jason blew it on. I've met him several times in person. Great guy. I've always been a big fan of his. He's now was with West. Point Thoroughbreds. He will be with us Thursday at our regular flagship show, 8 p.m. Eastern, to talk about the great uh, Breeders' Cup preps and the late pick five in New York. And we'll also we'll talk about a horse called Flightline, who I hear is pretty good since West Point has partial ownership of them. Last but not least, I'm very proud to say, I don't know if I've mentioned this really a lot before, but I want to mention it now. The reason why we are not going to have a live show this Saturday is for very good reason. Uh, myself and the gentleman right below me is competing in a very prestigious handicapping contest. Contest is called the Hawthorne Invitational. It is uh, 50 of the top handicappers in the entire country, including people that have won the BCBC, the NHC, Hall of Famers. It is an extremely difficult and fun handicapping contest. And Kyle and I have both been invited uh, to be in that. The winner gets a BCBC seat plus cash and guys it is live on tv uh excuse me on youtube on saturday we'll talk more about this thursday but if you go to the hawthorne youtube channel again the hawthorne youtube channel uh you can watch the contest live they're gonna have uh they're gonna be interviewing people perhaps myself and or kyle might be interviewed live during the contest on saturday again to watch it you need to go to the hawthorne Racecourse's YouTube channel. Let's go to the search bar and type in Hawthorne Racecourse. Kyle, it's gonna be very exciting. It's your first, like, I guess, major handicapping contest. Are you nervous, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but we're not gonna let that sway. We're gonna be aggressive and we're gonna go win the thing. Kyle's my Kyle's my stable dual play. I, yes. You know, I'm gonna. That's I got right you, Kyle. Play. I got. Kyle, you. I don't know about. I don't know about the. We are gonna win it. I think only one person can win it. But I'll let you get them in second if you're close. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. uh, for for Paul Halloran, uh Pete Visco, and Kyle Roscoe, this has been your host Howard Kravitz. Episode 182 of a fun HHH Racing Podcast. Please join us this Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, with Jason Blewett to talk about Aqueduct, and then also check out a taped show about the San Anita races that will be out on our YouTube channel and Twitter. Have a great night, everyone. Take care. Good night.